This is Pack Talk Podcast, episode 69. <laughs> and I've got Ben with me today as as normal. Yep. And Ben is a little congested today, so if you hear if you hear it coming through the <laughs> mic, that's what you hear. I'm going to speak minimally. And uh, the good thing is he's now drinking his Jocko Go, which is good for you and will help you get better. And so, water. So start drinking that. You'll start feeling better here shortly. Yep. Uh, as you know, if you're new to the podcast, my name's Chad, right? And uh, me and Ben are the hosts of the podcast. And today we're talking about a subject that is very important to me. I think it's important to Ben. Somewhat. And uh, the subject is health and fitness considerations. Here we go. And some protocols. Right. And so this is where I'm going to go just ham. Talking about health and fitness, okay. getting it all out of my system. Mm-hmm. I've let a little bit leak here and there on other episodes. A little bit. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it all out of the system a little today. Bit. <laughs> all right. Well, this is very important to me. And uh, because as a dog trainer, you need to be health, you need to be healthy and fit to be able to handle the demands of the job. And that could be, you know, very powerful dogs that you're working with. It could be, you know, keeping up with owners on a follow-up session where they want to walk five miles and practice walking their dog and you're right there with them, but you're walking and talking at the same time, right? If you're not able to to perform to that level, you got to get there. So health and fitness becomes very, very important in this industry and also in a bunch of different industries. And also if you just want to be able to operate day in and day out, be able to move, without pain, be able to lift things that need to be lifted, be able to pick up your kids, be able to pick up your dogs. If you like picking up your dogs, some people are into that, you know? Yeah. If you have cats and you want to pick up your cats, or maybe you have chickens and you want to pick up your chickens, right? You need to be able to move, pick up things, bend over, bend down, kneel down, right? Move into a bunch of different positions and also just overall fighting sickness, right? Uh, keeping yourself as healthy as possible, putting your body into an optimal state so that you can operate day in and day out with good energy, good flow, super important. And uh, so I have been on my personal health and fitness journey for over 15 years. I'm currently in my 30s, which is hard to believe because <laughs> I look like I'm 25. What? And in my head, I'm Who 25. Said that? But I'm actually in my 30s. I started lifting and getting into health and fitness when I was in my teen teenage years. And uh, I think over the years I've learned a lot along the way, and I'd like to share some of that information today and hopefully benefit some other people, including Ben. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, sure. Let it, know, let it be known, though, that I'm not a dietitian. Mm. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a personal trainer. Everything I'm going to talk about today is just based on my own research and my own experience, stuff that has worked for me. And what works for me may not work for you, but hopefully it gets you thinking along the lines of, you know, health and fitness, some things that you should be thinking about that you can implement in your personal life, right? And uh, Ben, hopefully we get some input from you along the way because you've also been on your health and fitness journey. Yeah. A little bit shorter than me. But you're you're yeah. working on it. Mine's a little more casual, but yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not as strict. <laughs> All right. So one thing for me is I have always enjoyed pumping iron. Oh yeah. 
I've always enjoyed lifting weights, getting the blood flowing through the muscle that you're working. That's just something that I enjoy. Um, but there's also been times in my life that I focused on other things like endurance, you know, conditioning, cardio, flexibility, getting bigger, gaining size, right? Strength, calisthenics, which is like push-ups, sit-ups, uh, moving your body in different positions. Each of these phases in my journey has taught me quite a bit. And uh, so now what I do is a combination of all the above or I rotate my training in phases throughout the year, which we'll talk about as we continue on in, the, in uh, this discussion. Um, but Ben, what's some of your favorite things you like to do? You like pumping iron? Yeah, lifting weights. Don't like cardio. Uh, doing abs sucks. You ever been into running uh, at all? Uh, I've tried running like maybe once or twice, and I just don't get it. I don't get why how people <laughs> enjoy that shit. It's so miserable. <laughs> also, like whenever I'm running, I just get bored. Yeah. So it's like, this sucks. Yeah. Even if you listen to music or something. Yeah. And then I'm just like out of breath. Yeah. By like 10 minutes in. <laughs> Some people are into running more than lifting weights, or they're yeah. into other yeah. things. So swimming. Swimming's good. Swimming's all right, yeah. You also have the potential to get bored swimming. Which yeah. Which they make new headphones now that like vibrate your uh, skull. And so like apparently you can hear the music that you can listen to underwater. Vibrate your skull? Yeah, I was looking into them. They like vibrate right next to your ear. Yeah. And you can hear the music through the vibrations. Because that's, that's how your body operates. That's weird. Right. That's how your ear operates. You yeah, I guess so. The eardrum is vibrations. Yeah. So anyway. <clears throat> huh. Interesting. Yeah. But uh, when I was in high school... Back in the day when I first started this journey, um, my main goal was just to gain size, right? Everybody wants to get big and jacked and shredded. That's kind of like the the underlying goal for young men, right? (laughs) Right. For girls, some girls want that. Some girls want to be lean, right? It kind of depends. Yeah. Um, But back in the day, I, I do believe I was working out pretty hard, but I was just missing a key piece of the equation, which was nutrition. And so I might be going to the gym um, or like at football practice at the weightlifting and football or, you know, our dad would take me down to his buddy's house. He had a detached garage. There'd be like three guys there lifting weights a couple times a week. So doing those types of things, working hard, but my nutrition was just missing. And I think if a lot of young people that are getting into fitness and working out, if they can get the nutrition piece going at that stage, they'll see a lot more benefit, right? Yeah. But uh, I do think maybe I was eating a lot of food. It just wasn't eating enough food to put on additional size, and not to mention the food selection was actually not that good, you know? Oh. You know, lots of pasta. Pasta's good for you. Lots of... Uh, I love pasta. I mean, it's good. It's good for carbs, for growing. It's good. I don't know <laughs> if it's optimal. But <laughs> All right. All right. But uh, pasta, pizza. Love pizza. Cece's pizza. Not good for you. Good. Cece's pizza, not good Tastes for you. Tastes good. Normal pizza, sure. <laughs> Cece's. Lots of peanut butter and jellies for me. Good for you. But uh, one thing is, you know, if you want to put on size, you do just have to put on, put in calories, right? A lot of calories going into your body, but you also have to eat more than you're uh, using throughout the day to actually 
put on your size and you have to be consistent with that and that can be difficult because the amount of calories that you actually need to eat to put on additional size is more than you think yeah for most people you know um but yeah so my goals back then was just to gain size right but i was missing that nutrition piece i was eating a lot of food i was trying to take the philosophy just eat anything and everything in sight yeah but i still think i wasn't getting enough Mm. um and college was basically the same thing trying to gain size although i was starting to think towards uh, strength and endurance i thought you could do it all i thought you could lift heavy weight thought you could run forever super fast you know don't really think it works that way yeah um towards the end of college i began to understand that in order to gain size i needed to eat more but my food selection was still poor i was just trying to get in calories eating anything and everything in sight and uh, one of the things when i was in college is you have to go to the mess hall at the citadel and so they have the food prepared there for you so i was just eating anything and everything i could and i remember me and a couple of my buddies that were working out together we'd go they have a window of time for like the evening meal so i think it starts at like somewhere around 4 or 5 p.m. and then you can go as late as 7 or something like that. So we would go at the beginning of the meal, 4 or 5 p.m. we come back at the end of the meal, oh, eat again. You'd stay the whole time. No, no, no. <laughs> we'd go at the beginning, we'd eat, we'd come back at the end, we'd eat again. Yeah. So that's some things we were trying to do just to put on size, to put calories in. Yeah. But also we were running a lot, lifting, doing calisthenics, all that kind of stuff. Something else uh, we haven't talked about yet is recovery, you know. So back then, recovery really wasn't on my head at all, in my head at all, letting your body rest. And so I'm just going, you know, hard balls to the wall the whole time. Yeah. You know, no recovery at all. Yeah. So I'm just eating, lifting, running, trying to, trying to master everything. And if I would have thought more about nutrition, if I would have thought more about recovery, I could have probably performed better than I did back then, you know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, what about your college, high school experience? <laughs> some, of, some of your fitness things I going mean, on. I played football in uh, high school. I had weight weightlifting class, but that was about it as far as uh, strength building. With Coach Mac, uh, Coach, Coach Keith, yeah, and Coach Mac. I think they rotate or something like that. But uh, were you doing the eating anything and everything? Yeah, or? I just would eat yeah. whenever I was hungry. I mean, I wasn't. I didn't care about it to that level at oh, all. Yeah. You know, not like you. Oh, you didn't uh, care about it at that level. Not in high school. Yeah. In college, when I got to college, I, li- I lifted like every day. Yeah. Uh, did Probably didn't rest enough or eat Were you enough. working out with Brendan or not? No, I was Brendan. just working out by myself at oh, the YMCA with all the old people. <laughs> <laughs> YMCA is good to go, boys. No one else in there, you know. When did you start taking, I know at one point you were taking like a mass gainer. Yeah, that was in weight. college. That was in I college. Was, I was starting to look into how to how to build weight, <laughs> and mass gainer was up one of the choices that I saw, and I tried it out, and it was just like pointless. It just makes you full. Yeah. Before you even eat actual food. Yeah. And for someone who doesn't eat a lot of food, yeah, it fills you up really fast. Yeah. Because you do like four scoops. And that's the, that's, that's a lot. That and they're big scoops. Big and scoops. And yeah, that's the hard it. part about gaining weight is you have to eat so much food to actually gain weight, especially if like you're you or you have your body naturally stays leaner. Yeah. You have to eat so much food. Yeah, my metabolism. Really and fast. then you have to maintain that eating habit, which is hard day yeah. in, day out. It is expensive too. Yeah, it's that expensive. Too. That's the other side of it that people yeah. don't think about. Because yeah, the mass gainer. 
the scoops are huge, so you burn through that that jug fast. Dude, you, yeah, you go through it in like two weeks or something. Yeah, if you stick to the training <laughs> or the way that they tell you to do it. Yeah, and then it's like you're full all the time from that, and then not hungry, and well, you don't eat actual around, food. I'm pretty sure the last one I took was over 200 grams of carbs per serving. Yeah, which is like two scoops, 50 grams of protein. And like, <laughs> yeah, know, like that's ridiculous. 15 grams of fat or something like that. I'm but not working out hard enough to need all that. The amount of carbs that it has alone yeah. is insane. 200, well, just, over 200 grams of carbs per serving. <laughs> for the, the protein too. <laughs> the protein's too much as well. So it's like, whatever. Yeah. But, uh, I realized really fast that that was pointless. So then, uh, I wouldn't spend my money on that because it costs like $65 for the jug. Yeah. And then you're in college you gotta buy groceries yeah so it's like you don't have a lot of money anyway that's why cc's is a good choice but i did work $3? for aramark when oh, i was in did. college so yeah. i got free free meals a lot that luckily out. yeah but then i was on my feet a lot too yeah so it's like i was just burning so it moving, all right you're burning yeah, you're trying to eat i'm only eating enough to probably just keep me stable yeah you know i mean putting so. on substantial size is so hard yeah just because the amount of still, food don't don't even think about the workouts. Just think about the amount of food you have to consume, <laughs> and you have to, to have it prepped all the time and stuff. That's the most annoying part, right? So, same kind of thing, right? Challenge to try and get that size. Yeah, that's what we wanted back then. Then after, after me, after college, when I was in the Navy, size was still like the most important thing to me, along with getting stronger. Um, I was doing just enough of the endurance and conditioning work, so I could, you know be a top dog in our our running yeah things that we had to do yeah. in the navy because my competitive spirit wants to be at the front uh-huh. you know what i'm saying oh i know but uh <laughs> overall size and strength are my priorities and i do remember one deployment which there is a picture of me with uh, my captain shaking hands and uh, i'm pretty big in that picture and what i was doing was i made friends with the cooks yeah and so basically i'd have them you know any ec- up a yeah, extra. extra food yeah they would they would save it for me or I'd get extra meals and I'd do favors for them. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like give them extra internet access or whatever. So <laughs> <laughs> let, a, let a couple of websites go I, here. Because I was the uh, communications officer, yeah. so I had that connection. Yeah. So anyway, that was some stuff I was doing. Also, my second deployment, uh, they, they had like a window of time for the evening meal and that was a much larger ship. There's Marines, there's Navy, so the mess decks is huge and the wardroom where the officers eat is huge yeah i'd make friends with those chefs and i'd go through there a couple times getting as much food as possible eating a lot of rice eating a lot of broccoli yeah eating a lot of uh just whatever meat they had available you know yeah um so that was kind of my goal and i got pretty big on that second deployment too i talked about it on episode 67 but i got pretty pretty uh upsized to where my pants were starting to fray at the seams between my thighs you ripped a couple pants in your ripped some pants ripped Ripped some pairs of pants yeah so i was able to achieve that you know what i'm saying but also anytime i would put on a lot of size i'd have a lot of extra body fat which now i know could be avoided through meticulous nutritional planning but also you have to have good food selection for that and like in those situations in the navy you don't have optimal food selection. You're just going to have whatever's available on the ship. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or where you're at. Or at the at college, you're going to have whatever's available there. Yeah. Unless, like, for me at least, at the Citadel. But for, like, you, if you go out and grocery shop, 
you can shop those things that are optimal, but it's going to be more expensive in general, right? So like you oh, said, yeah. you're trying to go with the cheapest option. That could be ramen noodles, right? Yeah. Could be chicken, could be something like that. I think in college I just ate chicken and rice only. Yeah. But not in enough quantity. Well, talking about chicken and rice. You can go on. Uh, when I was in the Navy, I started to study nutrition actually because, yes, I was getting bigger, but I just wasn't getting the aesthetic point that I wanted, you know? So I was big, I was strong, I was able to run, I was able to perform, right? But I wanted to be leaner overall. So that's when I started to study nutrition. And I was like, I feel like my workouts are good. Um, I think I'm missing something. So I delved into nutrition, started counting my macronutrients, which we'll talk about here shortly. And then I went to a primarily chicken and rice mother effers <laughs> diet right yeah. the reason why i say mother effers is because there's a video on youtube called chicken and rice mother effers by <laughs> seth furiosi oh yeah, yeah that uh i sent to you a long time ago yeah. but that's what he was talking about making the baseline of your diet chicken and rice because that's going to help you meet those macros low fat protein carbs which is what your body needs and then just eating enough of that to gain the size yeah right yeah um, and I, so I went to that primarily chicken and rice. That's what I was eating majority of the time and it was working over and overall, but it was super hard to eat. It's that yeah. much chicken and rice all the time. It's pretty depressing. <laughs> yeah. It's just bland. You, you can season it up or whatever, but it's, season still, it, it's still there. Put some sauces on it. Uh, a little know? ranch, little ranch dressing. Ranch, honey, mustard. I was big on the honey mustard. Yeah. But you got to calculate that into your macros too, mm -hmm. you know? So anyway, I was doing, I was testing that out. I was doing that six meals a day to test out the theory that you need more meals throughout the day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of work. Yeah. Six meals. It's exhausting. Planning it all out, prepping it all. Every day. That's a lot. Yeah. A lot of work, right? Yeah. But it can work. Um, but I think there's an easier way to do that kind of stuff, right? right. So right now I eat four meals a day. Yeah. That's perfect for me. And uh, anyway... With the chicken and rice, I stayed pretty consistent with that. I would eat other things. Pizza, Cheesecake Factory. What? Everything that's at the Cheesecake Factory. Holy shit. <laughs> cheesecake Factory. Is Panda good. Express. Yeah, we, we had a Panda Express spot. right down we the street. We know you from love that house. spot. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, basically, if I would eat outside of the normal chicken and rice, I would just plan out my macros around that other meal so i was still meeting my macros to the best extent possible yeah and i was basically at that time following jim stepani his macro guidelines for gaining weight and like i said on deployments i would eat whatever was available and i was taking a lot of supplements too protein mass gainers and that's just caused me a lot of gi distress yeah if you know what that means you're pooping a lot Pooping. Farting. Not good poops. A lot of farting. <laughs> a lot of farts. The supplements will do that, but at that point, I didn't really realize it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, real quick, we'll just talk about what a macronutrient is. A macronutrient is basically proteins, fats, and carbs. And this is what most people that are counting their macros to try and stay on track with their calories... They're going to track these three macros of protein, fats, and carbs. Usually use some kind of app to track it, weigh out your food, right? Or do your best uh, guesstimate on how much is in whatever quantity of food you're eating. And 
on a daily basis, you meet those proteins, fats, and carbs uh, that you're allocated for that day to try and stay on track, whatever your goal is, whether your goal is to gain weight or lose weight or whatever. And in general, you need to eat more calories than you're using in a day to put on weight. You need to eat less calories than you're using in a day to lose weight. So we'll go into more detail on that in a little bit, but that's kind of a big picture overview. Um, did you ever track your macros at all? Yeah, I've done it on and off here or there. I'm just too lazy. Essentially, that's what it boils down to. <laughs> I just get annoyed having to count every single time I eat something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It takes it's a lot just, of work. Yeah, it takes a lot of work. That, you know, if you really want to care yeah. with me and how my body type is, you know, yeah. if I want to gain weight, and really just blow up like a balloon, you know, if I'm working out, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, and it ca- and it matters that much to me, I will track it. Yeah. But I'm kind of at the point where I just, like, know at this point in my life, eat at least three to four times a day, mm-hmm. you know. You know your quantities. Yeah, like, yeah. essentially, I'm probably not hitting everything I should. Right, but you, you, can, uh, you can eyeball it and know yeah. I need to eat this much to yeah. at least maintain what I yeah, have. Yeah, right? like, yeah. Right? Yeah, work out, feel good, yeah. eat food, enjoy food that I eat. Yeah. That's kind of what I do right now. Yeah. yeah we know, we know you and your uh, girlfriend like the brunch, Sunday love brunch. Love brunch, action. love pasta, going back to the pasta, <laughs> love pasta, you know. We like to hit the restaurants. Yeah. All right, so good to go. There's probably a lot of people out there that have dabbled with it, right? It does, like you said, it takes a lot of discipline and commitment to track yeah. it you gotta all be the time. You got to be determined for real. Right, yeah. which is what I do. I track it all the time, and to me, it's just kind of a a habit at this point. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, if it's your thing, it's your thing. Yeah. You know? And it works for me. But yeah, some yeah. people don't want to do that their whole life, so what's what you can do is you can track it for a short period of time, kind of get an idea of what your yeah. meals would look like, and then basically stop the weighing of your food and just kind of make sure you make enough based on what you can eyeball. Yeah. That is a tactic a lot of people do. So you got to do what works for you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I'm just kind of going through some stuff that works for me, talking about what works for you, what works for you. But back then when I was doing the chicken and rice and using lots of supplements, I was having a ton of GI distress. <laughs> Which that was always on my head was like, why, why am I having this much issue? (laughs) Why can't I never have a normal shit? You know, why can I never have a day without farting so much? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So being real, that's what'll happen if you're on a lot of supplements too, depending on the supplements that you're using as well, because they'll put stuff into those supplements to make them taste better or whatever. Uh, you know, like artificial sweeteners and that too can cause GI distress in some people. Yeah. So I experimented with a lot of supplements to figure all this out. Um, anyway, after I got out of the Navy, when I was training dogs, I was still doing the chicken and rice for a while. And then I discovered the vertical diet. And the vertical diet just made total sense to me. And I was ready for a change at the time. So I jumped right into the vertical diet. And basically what the vertical diet is, it's a pretty simplistic diet based on whole foods. So... Your protein sources in the vertical diet are going to be like red meat primarily because you want a strong animal, right, to to provide the protein for you if you're trying to perform at an optimal level. Plus, red meat has more nutrients in a portion of that meat itself than like a chicken does. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? So red meat is going to be, you know, the ideal uh, protein source. Of course, you can have some salmon, right, which they do recommend. You can have chicken if you want to. Eggs, oh, very yeah. important. Yeah. But red meat's going to be your primary protein source. Your primary source of carbohydrates are going to be like white rice and sweet potatoes. That's what they recommend in the vertical diet. And then they have a whole section where they uh, have different sources of micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, things like that, which are primarily going to be um, fruits or, you know, they like spinach and st stuff like that. So the vertical diet, basically what I was doing was I have my macros and I would take my food selections from the vertical diet food selections and use those in my macros. So for my protein sources, I'd be doing red meat. My carbohydrate sources would primarily be fruit or uh, white rice or sweet potatoes. Add some micronutrients in there. That's basically what I started at that point and what I continue to do to this day. And uh, it's made a huge difference to me to be on that type of eating nutritionally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, with that being said, of course, that's my baseline diet. And what I mean by baseline is majority of the time, that's how I'm eating. I will still have ice cream. Oh. I will still have pizza. I will still have cinnamon rolls or whatever. Oh, yeah. Every once oh, in a yeah. while. Oh, yeah. Now we're talking. But it's going to be within reason. And then if I eat like a cinnamon roll, for example. Oh, yeah. I basically, <laughs> I, I basically put that in my macros. Right. So I have less of the white rice or sweet potatoes or honey or juice or fruit for that day. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of how, so if I'm eating those things, it's fine. It's not going to be a lot of the time, but it will be sometimes, but it is built into my macro compliance for that day. I want a cinnamon roll right now. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, something else that I discovered was I found, uh, a big time diet nutrition, guy right? right i don't know if the technical word is nutritionist or dietitian or whatever yeah lauren can let me know yeah <laughs> but uh, his name's lane norton he's on so he's you can find him on social medias i think his uh handle on social medias is bio lane he has a whole group of nutritionists that work underneath him um, but anyway so i discovered him i started following his methodology on dieting um, but I use the food selections of the vertical diet, like I said, for 90 to 99% of my meals. When I switched to that philosophy, I started seeing major results. Um, you know, just in my muscle quality, my size, right? If I wanted to gain and I went into a caloric surplus, I would definitely see results. If I wanted to lose, I'd go into a calorie deficit, I'd see results. Um, so was very happy that I kind of fell upon that. I also tried to get most of my nutrients and macros from whole foods and eliminate the supplements that I was using. And this is based on what the vertical diet guys were saying and Lane Norton, but I was trying to eliminate supplementation as much as possible. Um, and get most of my nutrients and macronutrients from whole foods. And when I did that, my GI became super good had solid poops, right? Cool. Energy was great. Everything was feeling good to go. All right. So that's kind of what I'm on now. We'll talk more later about supplements because I still use some because it's extremely difficult to eat 
as much as I'm trying to eat right now, at least uh, for the time being, with whole foods and not need supplements. Yeah. Right. Because the other thing too is, if you're eating all of your macronutrients with uh, whole foods, you're gonna have to pay for those, so it's gonna be a little bit more expensive. So kind of a cost ratio, it's gonna be yeah a little bit more cost effective to use some supplements for some of your meals, right? Um, but not all of them. Like back in the day, I was crushing protein shakes all the time. Yeah. You know, today I have maybe one a day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To try and help me get that extra protein in. Yeah. So anyway, GI is good. Energy is good. Feeling great. Able to perform. Able to operate. So I'm, I'm loving what I'm on right now using the vertical diet and the macro planning to meet my goals for the time being. Again, just remember that macronutrients are proteins, carbs, and fats. And it is a, it is a myth that fats will make you fat, so fats will not make you fat. In fact, you need them for optimal performance and hormone balance in your body. So if you go into a super low-fat diet, you might start to perform less than optimal. You might start to notice your hormones in your body are not operating like normal, and that's because your body does not have those fats that it needs to perform in an optimal sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that's a big mistake I made. I used to be on the low fat thing. Right. Right. I don't want to get fat, low fat. You yeah. know? Yeah. That's a myth. And ever since I went to legit making sure that I had enough fats in my body, primarily from the red meat, freaking feel good. Yeah. Hormones yeah. operate. You know good. what I'm saying? That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, so, so today, just so everybody knows, nutritionally i track my food with uh, lane norton's carbon diet coach you can get that on the app store or whatever phone you have or whatever but basically what that app does is it coaches your macros based on your goal and then you check in weekly with your weight and it kind of changes them for you you know what i'm saying um so if you want to gain weight you can put that into the the carbon diet coach it will help increase your macros over time to make sure that you're actually able to start gaining some weight. If you want to lose weight, you can set that goal in there. The carbon diet coach weekly will coach you to reduce macros and adjust your macros for you. So it takes the guesswork out of it for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It basically tells you what to eat every day or how many proteins, carbs, and fats to eat. And then you can, you know, execute that. You need to be within compliance, which means you need to eat within plus or minus five grams of each to be within compliance. And if you're within compliance, then the app can still track you and coach you appropriately, right? But if you're out of compliance, the app will basically tell you to get within compliance within the next week to be able to coach you. <laughs> now, you could think I could cheat the system. I could eat this piece of candy and not log it, you know, but then you're going to throw off the coaching, Yeah. right? So you need to be honest with yourself if you want to really meet some goals. I mean, I feel like if you're doing it, if you have the app and you're plugging all the numbers in, I feel like you wouldn't try to cheat the uh, to the app. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, of course, that thought's entered my brain before, too. I could have this piece of pizza real quick. Oh, for, like, ease of mind. Yeah, piece of pizza. I don't yeah. have to log it in. I don't want to have to log yeah. it in. I don't want to have to change my macros for the day. And uh, that's going to that's gonna not help you. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Well, if gonna, you do it too many times. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you could probably get away with it one time. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, once, you're, once you're here not going to help you. Yeah, not a big deal. So, again, just kind of a recap for my nutrition right now. 
I use the food selections in the vertical diet, which again, most of the protein comes from red meat, which is a strong, powerful animal versus a weak animal. You know, I'm not saying a chicken's a is weak animal. Is a cow animal. a strong animal or are they just big? They're strong. You, you, you touched one. I touched one. That was you awesome. touched a three arrows farm cow. That's what I'm saying, but they're just big. They're big. They're just heavy. They're powerful. Those were I pregnant mean, cows. Yeah. Those were pregnant cows. I mean, here. a bull or an ox yeah. or a buffalo. Right. That's a strong buffalo. animal. I mean, a buffalo is, a bison. bison is supposed to be a better protein source, but it's also more expensive. Oh, no, it's hella expensive. <laughs> it's like $12. But a cow's going to be bigger and stronger than a chicken. Yeah. But a chicken is, <laughs> let's just be honest, a chicken is a descendant of the raptor. Let's be honest, you've got a bunch of chickens. i got a bunch property. of chickens, and I don't eat the chickens, I eat their eggs. Oh, so that's even, the it's even worse. You eat their, you eat their offspring. <laughs> Just I also hatch their offspring. Yeah. With that being said, quick side note: the other day, one of the chickens was upset. I could tell they were trying to go into upset. their. They were trying to go to their nesting box to lay an egg. Yeah. And they're squawking, squawking. You know what happens at that point? Grandpa Joe comes over there. Right. He's trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> he can't figure it out. So I go over there. Kiwi, the cat. Sleeping in the nesting box. Oh, really? Yeah. So I had to get her out of there. She woke. She she woke up. She came out scrubbing her eyes, getting the eye boogers out of her eyes. That's funny. So the chickens could go in there, and start laying their eggs. Funny and cute. Well, kiwi living with the chickens now. Yeah. So anyway, you want protein source from a strong, powerful animal? I do have salmon from time to time. Vertical diet. Recommend salmon, I believe, once a week. I don't do that just because I'm not a big fish guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I will eat it, um, and I try to make sure I include it every once in a while. But uh, I like the red meat. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, with the salmon, there's a difference. If you go to, like, Walmart, for example, and you buy the great value, you know, wild Alaskan salmon, it's not really wild Alaskan. It's what? farmed. It's not wild? It's farmed. Right. So it's not as good of a protein source than sockeye salmon, which you can go to Publix, you can get you a sockeye salmon, and you can tell the difference because the sockeye salmon is wild caught. It's a salmon that's been swimming up and down the rivers, right? So it's actually been working in its life. And uh, the sockeye salmon is dark red salmon meat versus like the wild caught I feel like light uh, pink salmon. I heard a myth or something, or I don't know if it's a myth, but like fish meat or some kind of meat is not actually red. It's like they dye it or something. Maybe yeah, I'm, with the farm fish they do. But yeah, I'm telling yeah, yeah. you, go to go to Publix. But what's the price difference? Let's say I can buy a bulk lot of frozen fish, whatever, yeah. at Sam's, and then I go to Publix and get like only four fillets compared to twenty. Yeah, and if the price difference is the same. Or higher than for the four. Yeah. Hey, the, if I'm on a budget. Yeah, you got to do gotta, what you... You got to make it work. You got to do what you got to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, But, if, but you if, you're, if, if that's not a factor... Yeah, if it's If you can get the sockeye salmon, that's the way to go. Yeah, if possible. And if you taste the difference, it legit tastes different. Yeah. And that brings up the discussion, too, of, like, the source of your food. Remember when we did the Three Arrows Farm podcast? Yeah. All their cows are grass-fed, grass-finished. Yeah. When you're getting red meat, it's better to get a source of meat that is grass, like cows, for example, cow meat, beef. Grass-fed, grass-finished is the optimal way to source your red meat. Yeah. Versus 
grain fed. Yeah. Right. Which is like most, like if you go to Publix, you know, they do have some farms there like uh, White Oak Pasture. They have some of their beef grass fed, grass finished. But if you just get the generic cheapest ground beef, that's going to be a grain fed cow. It ain't cheap no more. It ain't cheap, you know, but the cheapest, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? That's affordable. That's a grain fed cow. Now, if you have no other choice, that's still going to be better than a chicken. Yeah. Right? But optimally, you would get the grass-fed, grass-finished, or grass-fed, grain-finished. That's like a step below grass-fed, grass-finished. And then you could go to the straight grain cow, right? So you got your layers of optimization in your food selection. Same thing with the salmon. Sockeye salmon's at the top. Other salmon choices are at the bottom. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, that honestly, that does make a difference. But does it make a huge difference, in my opinion? Not really. Yeah. If you can do the optimal choice, do it, right? Because you will feel and see the difference and taste the difference, right? That grass-fed, grass-finished beef, holy shit. (laughs) That shit tastes so good compared to a grain-fed cow. It's pretty good. Right? Sockeye salmon tastes so good compared to the uh, farm salmon. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if you can, you go the optimal route. If not, don't sweat it. You know what I'm saying? Do what you can. To me, at this point in my life, my food selection is very, very important to me. Um, Optimization of my food is very, very important to me because I think it also links into your longevity. If you're supplying your body with the most optimal nutrients possible, I think it's going to help you in the long run. That's just my personal belief. Yeah. So I try to set myself up. I've even set up my budget to be able to support optimal food selections. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's one of, you know, the other thing too is you can go to Publix, you could buy grass-fed, grass-finished beef for $10 a pound. Yeah. You can go to Three Arrows Farm, you can buy a whole cow, they're going to charge you $7 a pound, $8 a pound. So you're still saving money. Yeah. You know, if you source it locally, source it locally. Again, I'm just going to repeat, if you guys are in the southeast United States and you're within range of Three Arrows Farm, go there, you know? White Oak Pastures in Georgia, you can go there. Go to a local farmer if you can. Support them. Try to build up your local farms. The only way you're going to do that is by supporting them, right? So if you can support a local farmer, do that, right? I'm getting off that box. Yeah, the Three Arrows socks that I got when we went there. They're good. They're Dude, they're crazy. They're the best. They're crazy good socks. (laughs) Like, what the hell? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Nice wool socks. I love wearing those socks. Yeah. All right. So, uh, anyway, most of my proteins from red meat, micronutrients. I get most of my macro micronutrients, which is like your vitamins, minerals, stuff like that. I'm getting that from primarily fruits and some veggies. And then, uh, most of my carbs are coming from white rice and potatoes. I do eat regular potatoes and sweet potatoes and mashed potatoes. Oh yeah. I love mashed potatoes. Yeah. Uh, something else I do that they talk about in the vertical diet is I salt my food to taste. The reason why I do that is because your body actually needs the electrolytes from the salt, from the sodium, which, uh, you know, there's a lot of myths out there about salt. That's what I do. And ever since I started doing that, I felt better. Right. Uh, I think it's just because my body's enjoying those electrolytes. So I just salt my food to taste, keep it really simple. Just salt it to taste. Don't overdo it. Don't underdo it, but you do need salt right? Contrary to popular belief. The other thing I do is I do use honey. I use honey in most of my meals and I only do 
0.5 to 0.6 ounces of honey per meal. Kevin thought I was saying six ounces of honey, so he globbed a bunch oh of honey on one of his meals when he was trying it. Oh, my <laughs> God. That's a He said, how puddle. do you do that much honey in a meal? I said, it's 0.6 ounces, not six ounces, you Kevin. Me- how do you measure it out? <laughs> I got a food scale. So you put it in like a cup? No. So basically what I do is I put my food scale on the counter. I zero it out. Right. Tear it. Put the bowl that I'm using. I tear that out, zero that out. Put my food in there one source at a time. So usually my protein, my carbs, you know, every time I tear it out so that I'm weight zero it out so that I'm weighing each thing individually. And then when I get to the honey, I just zero it out and I just drizzle the honey over it until I hit 0.5 to 0.6. I got you. So that's how I do it. Um, so anyway, the thing about honey, it is a carb source, so it's going to, it's going to be a carbohydrate for you. Right. But also the main reason why I implement honey in my food is because it's a prebiotic, meaning that it's actually going to help the, uh, microorganisms in your stomach yeah. perform better. Yeah. Which again, going back to the GI thing, I struggled with GI for years now that I've got it good to go. Right. I think that the honey plays a big factor in that by supplying my microorganisms in my gut with you know the prebiotics that it needs to perform optimally i actually learned that from mountain dog um rest in peace mountain dog he's a youtube guy rip you can look him up but i learned a lot from him but he struggled with gi for a while too and he wrote an article and in one of his articles he was talking about implementing prebiotics in your in your uh meals yeah which honey is a super good prebiotic so pre or pro pre a probiotic i believe don't quote me on this. I believe a probiotic already has some of it. solidifies something. <laughs> a probiotic also, or a probiotic, I believe, has the microorganisms in it already. Yeah. A prebiotic just feeds them that are already present in your, in your, in your oh, gut. Okay, I see. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. if I was to take a probiotic, it'd be putting more in there, more yeah. microorganisms in your stomach. Yeah prebiotic just fuels the ones that are already present and they can kind of grow themselves you gotcha. know if you keep them optimal gotcha gotcha so that's kind of my nutrition thing of course i eat pizza burgers hell yeah which a burger is red meat right Bro, oh, let me tell you about a burger here we go real quick i go. like to do uh doordash uber eats sometimes on the weekends it's so expensive now that I do it like once a month, maybe, you know? Yeah. I've never used it. It's like I legit. It. <laughs> I, I ordered, I'll tell you what I ordered. So I was like, me and my girlfriend were ordering last weekend. She wanted Chinese. Yeah. I didn't want Chinese. Chinese sucks. I mean, I like Chinese. Panda I got, Express. I got to be in the mood for it. She got like Red Bull. You know, Red Bull's good. It's I don't like, even know what that they, is. they got. Oh, on big, Old Trolley? Uh, no, it's on uh, Berlin G. Meyer, oh. where the Spinex is, or the Spinex, and the PSA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, next to the gym, yeah. the whatever. Yeah. And uh, Fitness. So, yeah. And so she got that, and I was like, well, I want a freaking burger, because I just, I just love big, juicy burgers. Bad and, daddies. And uh, they're not on the list. So, oh, really? You know Mr. Beast? Yeah. The YouTuber. Yeah. You got He's, one of his? Yeah. Really? I got the Mr. Beast burger. From which, where? Which is what they do. So it doesn't tell you where. Oh. It just gives you the menu. Oh. 
So the the way he does it, because I listened to the, him on Joe. I don't know if you talked about. He did talk on about Rogan. on Joe Rogan. I don't remember the details though. So he like has like a recipe yeah. for all of his menu items, and yeah. then they pick like specific restaurants in the area, whatever the area is. Gives them the recipe. Yeah. Anytime they get an online order, they just make the Mr. Beast burger yeah. according to the recipe and send it out. Yeah. So I don't know where it came from. Mr. Beast which is, is kind of. Yeah, he's like twenty four. He's legit. He's dude, legit. Dude's crazy. He's, uh, yeah. He was just on Forbes. Uh, like oh really? A couple days ago, he's he's about to make a billion yeah mon- um, a billion dollars off of YouTube. He's gonna be the first person to ever do it, I think. But he puts all his money back into he, the, yeah. He yeah. just dumps it right back into his own projects, and yeah. I like how he just like he's like oh, I just have like a normal house, normal yeah. car. I don't need like a big mansion. I don't need. He said he much. tried that for a while, but it was dumb. Yeah, he's yeah. like he's just like I mean, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. But uh, I was like, it was my first time trying it, and I've heard. Literally on the app, all five stars, bubble. Everyone I've heard is like, it's actually really good. I tried it. It was like average. It was like really average. What? Yeah. Bad Daddy's better or worse? Oh, Bad Daddy's is probably better. Yeah. Just because I don't know. It was the bun. The not the buns. The uh, the meat was a little dried out. Oh really? But it's like two patties with a. They have like a bunch of pickles on there. Oh really? With like diced onions oh, and like uh, ketchup I'm not and all that. bacon and cheese and you know whatever. It's a lot of pickles. Though. What's your optimal burger setup? Bro, I'm just classic. I just like a bacon cheeseburger. Yeah, that's what with I'm ketchup. Into. I like the I like a nice patty <laughs> with like a nice uh, patty. I prefer provolone cheese honestly. Oh, I like American. I'm classic. I'll put, uh, if Cheddar. I can an egg on there. See, I don't do all Bacon. that weird ass shit, but like I'll do like onion rings and stuff on it, yeah. just pile it on, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the Mr. Beast Burger average ranking, yeah. interesting. But the fries it comes with fries too, a really small amount, and it's like they got Cajun seasoning on mm. them, and I was like spicy. sick, and so it was spicy, and my nose was running. Ah. But I mean, overall, probably like six star, six out of ten. Yeah, you know, six out of ten. I actually got DoorDash this past weekend too. You just said you'd never done it before. It was my wife. She oh, happened right. to be in Somerville and uh-huh. said, "Hey, do you want me to pick something up?" I said, "Bad Daddies." Yeah, so. I mean, Bad Daddies or uh, Five Guys is my preferred. Not Five Guys, too too greasy. Dude, Five Guys is it. Too greasy. Five Guys is it, but they're so expensive. Yeah, <laughs> you spend like forty five dollars. Oh you my buy, god! You buy two burgers. You pay no way. Forty five. No way, dude. Uh, essentially, yeah. no way. Legit. That's out of control. Bro. It is. It's ridiculous. So, uh, back to nutrition discussion. Yeah, pizza, burgers. I mean, I'll eat that stuff. Good to go. Ice cream, candy, <laughs> whatever. You know. So I'm not trying to say that someone's got to be crazy strict. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. But if you eat these things, number one, it shouldn't be that regular. It should be irregular. And then whenever you do, it's got to be within a reasonable quantity and within your allocated macros for that day. Right? So you're not going to, yeah. you know, just go crazy every day. Moderation just, right. is key. Exactly. 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 Yeah. Um, so bottom line for anyone that's getting into the health and fitness game, or trying new things. Maybe you've tr- been training for a while. Maybe you've been involved in health and fitness for a while. And you're wanting to experiment, try new things like I've been doing. What I recommend, the first thing you do is uh, start with your nutrition. Dial in your nutrition. Use a tool like Carbon Diet Coach. And then proceed to dial in your workouts. Now, I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, hey, what should I do nutritionally? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? You know, um, in general, most people want to lose weight. 
least most people that ask me this kind of stuff. Now, you know, young guys, some young girls, they want to gain weight, they want to gain muscle, they want to get stronger, you know, not just young people, but in general, there's a good number of people that want to gain weight, gain muscle, get stronger, or perform at a certain level. You think about Heather Foss, who's a power lifter, right? She's got to perform at a certain level. You think about the one leg savage, Teddy, mm-hmm. you know, bodybuilder oh, yeah. and power lifter. He's got to perform at a certain level, right? So He's some people, too. yeah, some people want to train and nutritionally be able to set themselves up for performance, not for getting bigger or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But in general, a lot of people want to get big, jacked and ripped. A lot of people want to lose weight just because maybe they're a little bit overweight, right? So unless you're a beginner in general, you're most likely not going to be able to put on size and get ripped at the same time. So what Lane Norton teaches is to diet in phases to reach your long-term goal of being bigger, jacked, and ripped, right? right? So you can't, you know, continue to eat more food than you're using in a day for your energy without putting on a little bit of body fat. Right. Right. So you're not going to get shredded abs and all that, that, you know, all these people on Instagram or magazines make you think you can do. Right. Yeah. And a lot of these people are on gear. They're on and, uh, performance enhancing drugs, right. To, to kind of beat the game. Right. So, I mean, if you want to do that, that's up to you. But if we're talking about doing it the natural way, you're not going to be able to perform getting big and jacked and ripped at the same time. So, Basically, what Lane Norton teaches, you would go into a gain phase for a period of time to gain lean muscle mass. However, you will put on some extra fat during this phase as well. If you go into a maintenance phase, that means you're trying to just maintain your weight. So you're eating accordingly to either gain or just maintain that weight. Or if you go into a fat loss phase, your goal is to maintain as much lean muscle mass as possible while trimming up the fat stores in your body, right? So that's kind of the three main phases that you could go into nutritionally to try and uh, get to where you want to get, which is a long-term goal for most people to get more muscle mass on them. And the thing about muscle mass too, as you get older, you need more. As you get into your 60s, your 70s, your 80s, right? Your muscle mass starts to naturally decline. Again, this is just based on my research and my understanding of these things, right? So when you're younger, it's better if you can put on a little bit more than you need, if possible, because later you're not going to be able to have that much available, right? Yeah. So that's another thought process with that as well. Yeah. But if you can, you know, work towards putting on more muscle, maintaining more muscle, but also keeping it lean, as much as possible, um, that's going to benefit you in the long term. So what I do right now, I've been doing this for about two years. During the winter months, I'll be in a gain phase. A little so, hibernation. Hibernation. <laughs> the bear is hibernation. A little hibernation mode. So what I do is I'll eat more food. I have my carbon diet coach set to gain. I'll eat more food. I have more calories available. My whole goal is to add size and strength. So I do less cardio than I normally would. And the reason why I do cardio is for performance. So I do run, I do sprint, I do certain cardio evolutions in order to perform, not to burn fat. 
I just want to be able to have my cardio in a good performance level. Yeah. Because if all the trainers ever want to do a one mile run, I still got to make sure I can beat them, <laughs> which we do have one mile races every once in a while. <laughs> Not as often as we used to. Um, also the other thing too, as a dog trainer, like I said at the beginning, if I'm in a follow-up session with some owners and they want to walk and I'm walking with them, I need to be able to walk at a high pace and talk. Yeah. Cause that's, that has happened before. So that's why I do that cardio. But my main goal is to add the size and strength. So I'll be adjusting my workouts to, to do that, which we'll talk about shortly. In the spring and the beginning of the summer, I enter a fat loss phase. So I set my carbon diet coach to fat loss. And then I begin to slowly cut calories. I do it very slowly because if you do it too aggressively, which I've tried in the past, you get super hungry all the time. Your body's used to having a lot of food. Then all of a sudden you just cut food like crazy. And you're pissed off all the time. You're angry, <laughs> right? So what I have found to work for me, I enter the fat loss phase. I set the carbon diet coach to just barely reduce my calories each week to meet my goal. And then uh, I add in a little bit more cardio. So I do a little bit less weightlifting, more cardio. In general, I'll do more swimming. That's just what I enjoy the most. And it's also like kind of a resistance cardio. Yeah. But I also do running and sprinting as well. Yeah. The other thing that I've started doing, which really works for me, is adding in diet breaks uh, as needed. Because for me, it sucks to eat less food. I love eating food, but I also have a goal I want to meet. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'll add a diet break in. Uh, to help me get to my goal so that I can get just a little bit less leaner than I was in the winter time. Right. Right. And what a diet break is, is basically you take a week off of the diet. So if I was in a fat less fat loss phase, we call that a diet where I'm eating less calories than I'm using in a day. Uh, that way my body slowly starts to lose body fat, a diet break. Basically you're taking a, a week off of that right? You're taking a week off of reduced calories. Your carbon diet coach is going to set you to start eating food at a maintenance level. So you're just maintaining that, that weight for a week instead of trying to lose. So you get some extra food in your system. It's going to help you stay on track mentally during the actual diet and fat loss phase, because it can be difficult to be in compliance during that phase, right? Especially if you're like competing, like Teddy, the one leg savage, you know, when that dude's competing and he won his uh, bodybuilding competition, that dude's shredded. Yeah. It takes a lot of discipline to, to reduce your calories in a manner to be able to get to that point to win. So the guys that are doing competition, super difficult, right? But uh, having that diet break can help reach that goal, keep your head in the right track, right? But I'm just doing it not for competing, just overall health, challenging my body a little bit, trying to reduce some fat stores that are on the body, so for me, the diet breaks are super important because I can have one week where I can have a little bit extra food, get my head right, and then go back into a couple weeks of reduced calories. So that's worked really well for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a good uh, little break. Yeah, good little break there. Uh, just kind of to recap, uh, compliance. When you're in compliance with your allocated macros for that day or that week, that means you're that means that you are eating within plus or minus five grams of your designated macronutrient target. If you're out of compliance, you're eating more than plus or five, plus or minus uh, gra five grams of that macro. So if your protein 
<coughs> for the day is 200 grams, you can eat between 195 to 205 to be within compliance grams that day. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And a, as a general rule of thumb, you know, one one gram of protein per pound of body weight seems to be optimal for a lot of people. Yeah. Right. So if I weigh right now, I weigh 215 pounds. So that means I need to be eating 215 grams of protein a day, which means that I can have between 210 to 220 grams of protein a day and be in compliance. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of the rule with that. That's kind of my overall diet plan, you know, at the, throughout the year, again, during the winter months, I'm eating more. I'm trying to add size and strength during this early, late spring, early summer. I start that fat loss phase. I only do the fat loss phase for like 15 weeks maximum. After that, I'm, I'm not going to do it anymore mm. just because that's a long time for me. Yeah. Um, and usually when I finish that, I'll eat at maintenance for a little bit and then, uh, basically just maintaining that weight that I got to that state that I got to. And then, uh, I'll stabilize there, see how it feels, right. See how I see how I like it. And then I'll plan to go into another gain phase shortly after that. Yeah. So you could eat at maintenance. Like if you're happy with where you're at, you could eat at maintenance and just maintain that weight. But my whole goal is over time, I want to slowly add more muscle to my frame and slowly reduce the amount of fat that my body's holding on to. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how I do it. Carbon diet coaches help me big time, you know, so I'm not trying to, there's other apps you can use, but that just works for me. Yeah. I think that one of my fitness pal is pretty popular. Yeah. Uh, so for more on dieting information, you can check out some people that I follow on social medias. You can follow Lane Norton, who's the main guy that I kind of have learned all this from. He has online courses you can take to for nutrition if you're into that. Yeah. Um, his handle again is bio lane. Then you got Renaissance periodization with Dr. Mike Isratelli, which I've sent you some of his videos before on YouTube. Yeah. This guy has so much information on YouTube, super it's informational like science lecture. I think. Yeah, he's super sciencey, so you yeah. gotta be into that. Really sciencey. You know, a bunch of lectures on nutrition and uh workouts and stuff like that. Uh, you know, he competes in bodybuilding. He also does jujitsu. He's huge, bro. He's gotten he's up a giant. Recently, dude. he's gotten to 250 pounds, 10% body fat. He's just over giant. time yeah, doing, doing what we're talking about. Yeah. Lane Norton, going back to him, he's a, you know, nationally ranked powerlifter and he's won bodybuilding competitions before. So he's done it all too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So both these guys, Dr. Mike Isratelli and Lane Norton, I follow them big time. Renaissance Periodization, which is a company that Dr. Mike works for, they have another app too, like a tracking nutrition app. Um, so again, a bunch of different resources you can go out there and follow. These guys are on YouTube, they're on Instagram, whatever. There's also a lady named Rachel Shear. She's a uh, nutritionist, nutritionist, functional nutritionist. So I've almost signed up for one of her services before, but I've mainly just watched her content over time. Yeah. And she's big on healing your gut. So I stumbled upon her when I was trying to figure out how to fix my GI issues. Right. And she's saying the same things like, you know, whole food diets, reduced supplements. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, Rachel Shear was actually a uh, competing bodybuilder for a while. But doing that sport messed her up because yeah. the severe dieting that they do 
to get to that super low body fat messed her up. Yeah. And so she basically had to like rebuild herself. So now she's just kind of. It's like they push their bodies to the extreme. You know, it's like not natural technically. Exactly. So I mean, it's like not healthy. Yeah. So she's all about just optimal health and stuff like that. She does have online services you can sign up for to where her team will coach you to heal your gut. That's what they're all about, healing your gut, you know. Then, of course, you can check out the Vertical Diet, which was created by Stan Efferding. Stan Efferding is a bodybuilder and, like, the strongest bodybuilder of all time. So you can check his stuff out. You know, these people are on social media, YouTube, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They got websites. You can check them out just just saying their names. So uh, hopefully you can find some resources if you're looking into it, right? Um, but that's kind of my thoughts on the nutrition piece. Again, <coughs> if you're just starting out with this stuff, what I've told a lot of people that ask me about it, start off with nutrition, get the carbon diet coach, set it to maintenance, just get used to eating at maintenance and weighing your food just to maintain your current body. Do that for a couple of weeks. Let the app get used to you and putting your stuff in there and then figure out if you want to go into fat loss or gaining. Most people that want to lose fat, you'll start off with a fat loss phase after you do your maintenance. You know, do that for a little bit and then go into a gain phase and then figure out the, the, the way you want to structure that throughout the year. Remember the underlying goal for me or for a lot of people would be we want to put on good, solid, lean muscle mass over time. Which means we're going to have to have a portion of the year where we're eating in a caloric surplus where we're gaining weight. Most of that weight should be good, lean muscle mass. And then we have a portion of the year where we're in a fat loss phase where we're trying to trim some body fat, maybe a portion of the year where you're at maintenance, right? Yeah. yeah. So good to go. That's kind of the thoughts on that. All right. So once we get the nutrition on track, then we talk about actual workouts. So, again, you got two pieces to the puzzle. You got the nutrition piece. You got the workout piece, right? You also have recovery. Yeah. Which we haven't talked about. Right. Recovery is super important, right? Getting your sleep, hydrating, making sure your body can use the nutrients that you've provided it so on, so far and so forth, you know? Before I jump into workouts, I just kind of step through my daily eating, which if you follow me on Instagram, sometimes I post some of them. But basically... I have four meals a day. My breakfast, I keep it lean. So I have a lean, grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef that I eat for breakfast. It's 93.7. So 93% uh, protein, right? 7% fat or whatever. Yeah. However you break that out. Whatever it is, yeah. So I'll have usually 10 ounces of that, which is going to give me around 50 grams of protein for that meal. Um, My carbs for that meal will be and this is my post-workout meal because i work out before my breakfast so you know i'm having 50 grams of protein i have somewhere close to 100 grams of carbs in that meal based on my current diet right i'm in a gain phase right now it's in the winter time it's actually december 2nd so it's in the winter time in the middle of my gain phase yeah so my carbs for that meal will be from my honey i usually have a banana and an apple So I have some fruit in there. I have a cup of orange juice, which that's going to be carbs as well. And then if I need more carbs, I'll have some white rice that I add to that. But that's basically my breakfast. And then lunch is going to be, it depends on my day. If I'm going out, I'm on the road meeting with people. 
before I leave, I'll usually have a protein shake because kind of like my lunch holdover. So I'll have some Jocko Mulk, one to two scoops, depending on how much I need, a scoop of Jocko Greens in that, and then 300 grams of frozen fruit that I get from Publix. I get the Wyman's fruit mix from Publix, and that'll basically be that meal. And that gives me about somewhere between 30 to 44 grams of protein and somewhere around 30 to 40 grams of carbs in that meal, low fats. And then, you know, again, that depends on the day because if I'm on the road, I'll usually pack my whole food lunch in a, in a food container and take that with me. But that whole food lunch will generally be uh, 8 to 10 ounces of grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef, which is going to be 85-15, higher fat ground beef. Because as the day goes on, I'll start eating more fat towards the end of the day. At the beginning of the day, I keep it lean in general. So that'll be 85-15 ground beef, salt to taste, honey. And if I need carbs, I'll add some white rice or sweet potatoes to that. And then my dinner is my biggest meal because your body stores carbohydrates. I'm not going to go into detail on all that. But basically, I eat a lot of my carbs at dinner time because I'm working out the next morning. I want to go intense. So I want to have my body loaded, ready to go. Plus, I want nutrients in my body for my body to use when I'm sleeping to help repair my body from the day prior, right? Right. So I'll have, in general, steak or ground beef or roast in the evening and uh, white rice or sweet potatoes or white potatoes in general for carbs. I'll have uh, honey, salt to taste, then I'll have a cup of uh, tart cherry juice. And the reason why I do tart cherry juice is because when I tore my bicep a couple years ago, one of the physical therapists was trying to explain to me that tart cherry juice has antioxidants that'll help your body. So that's why I drink it and I'm just drinking it right now, you know, so I like it. Yeah. If I don't have tart cherry juice, I'll drink cranberry juice, which is like, if you've never had still tart, (laughs) if you'll, if you've never had like legit non-sweetened cranberry juice, it's a hitter. Yeah, it tastes like shit. It's a hitter, boys. Yeah. Tart cherry juice is good, though. So that's kind of my diet. Most of my meals, my whole food meals have 50 grams of protein. My breakfast has between 70 to 100 grams of carbs. My dinner has around 116 grams of carbs. And then the fats just depend on the meat source. So that's kind of my my meals throughout the day. So anyway... If you want to kind of see more of that, you can follow me on Instagram and I'll post it to my stories every once in a while just for entertainment. Yeah. I like to see the feedback. People are like, you're eating the same thing? Like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Consistency. Yeah. Compliance. Compliance is the science. That's what they say. Yeah. I just like a routine. Mm -hmm. I'm mixing up though. Yeah, me too. And sometimes I will post when I'm having a pizza. I'll be like, hey, here's my dinner tonight. Pizza. You break the cycle. (laughs) All right. So back to actually working out. Lane Norton and Dr. Mike are leaders in the sector. There's other people, you know, find, find people that inspire you, people that you relate to, to work out, right. Or to motivate you to do certain things. But Lane Norton, Dr. Mike have helped me kind of figure out what works best for me. And everybody has a different goal when it comes to working out. You could have strength, power, size, aesthetics, which is just looking good, looking good naked, 
right? Oh, yeah. Uh, endurance, speed, whatever, right? So, again, everybody's goal is going to be different, so don't judge other people because they're not doing what you think they need to be doing. Maybe they have a different goal. Yeah. You know? Um, do something that you enjoy. I really just happen to enjoy lifting weights. I've tried to, like, do other stuff, and I just, you know, I'm like, I need to, I need to pump the pump yeah. pump iron you know <laughs> the pump's a different feeling yeah and having a good time so in my training these days what i focus on is strength and size in general i like having overall muscle definition i like being a little bit bigger right but again i'm currently in a gain phase when i go to my fat loss phase i will change my training up a little bit because you don't want to overwork your body when it's in a caloric uh deficit Right. If you're eating less food than you're using, you can't operate like you have excessive food in your system. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So you got to figure that out. But in the past, I've definitely been bigger and stronger than I am now. However, I've been experimenting on myself ever since I tore that bicep a couple of years ago, playing around with different training techniques, playing around with what I think I might need to be focusing on or doing, right? And I think I like where I'm at right now. I'm looking forward to continuing with the system that I'm trying and also experimenting. I'm always experimenting, right? Yeah, trying, trying new, things. new things. Yeah, yeah, mix it up a little bit. One of the big things I like right now is the uh, classes we're doing with Dwight Decker at uh, Black Force MMA. Oh, yeah, Shout out to awesome. Dwight, you know. Yeah. Doing that martial arts stuff, that self-defense, using your body, using jujitsu, that's a good workout too. Yeah. You know? And uh, your body's going to be moving. And if you look at Dwight, he's this big jack guy, but then he can get on the mat and roll around and move into all these crazy positions like it's nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm Little saying? monkey, yeah. So that, that helps out with the body as well. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm enjoying playing around with some mobility. I'm enjoying trying to make my joints as healthy as possible for longevity. And I've learned a lot and implement some things that I've learned from Juji Mufu, who's a big YouTube and Instagram guy, and Knees Over Toes guy, which is a big Instagram and YouTube guy. And both these guys put a lot of information out on their platforms. You can look at, you can look them up. Um, they also have programs you can buy, Juji Mufu and Knees Over Toes guy, to help reach your goal. But I do take what some of these guys teach and I implement it in my routines. Yeah. Like Juji Mufu, he's big on flexibility and how that's a foundation to a lot of different stuff. Being flexible and strong in different, you know, positions that are, you know, uh, outside of the normal. Yeah. You know, and then knees over toes guys about longevity, joint health. So I use a lot of their methodologies in my routines to try and be f as flexible as possible, strong in different random positions having good joints, right? Doing things to support the joints so far and so forth, you know? Yeah. Flexibility is uh, important, yeah. especially as you get older. I've got you a couple of Juju Mufu books. Yeah, I've read, I've read the first one. What do you think? Oh, yeah, he knows his stuff. I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, good to get a different perspective yeah. from – I mean, he's, like, silly, too. Yeah. Or, like, he's funny. He's entertaining. Yeah, he's, like, not super serious, but yeah. he, like, has all the knowledge. So it's, like, good to get a different perspective. You know what I'm saying? He taught you to wash your dishes. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, he's talking uh, about clean discipline. sink. Yeah. He's disciplined and 
yeah, doing like the small stuff around your house, like helps build bigger habits, like actually going to the gym and stuff. Cause mm-hmm. that's what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. If you have problems going to the gym, do like build habits at your house Yeah, and then just go to the gym. Like don't even have a plan. Just yeah. go there and just like walk around and see what you like. And then just like pick some stuff up and then just leave, yeah. you know, if, if it's for like 20 minutes Yeah, and then do it again the next day or whatever, just whatever you start getting in the habit of going yeah. there, you know? Yeah. So pretty yeah. helpful good stuff but you take things from different people you play around with it you experiment with it see what you like yeah right yeah. um so like ever since i told my bicep i've been trying different strength training splits uh, you know powerlifting splits bodybuilding splits traditionally i've only done bodybuilding but now you know ever since that happened i've been playing around with a lot of different factors and when i say training split that's basically how you break up your week and you train throughout the week so where I've learned landed at currently and what I'm liking right now is uh, four days a week of traditional weightlifting. Yeah. I used to do six days a week. I've done seven days a week. That's overworking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's overworking. So I lift four days a week, traditional weightlifting, and I cycle variables for those lifting days every four to eight weeks. So what that means is every four to eight weeks, I change up something. I might change out different exercises. I might change out a rep range right i might change up sets or the number of uh sets you're doing for an exercise or how long i'm resting or something yeah so every four to eight weeks i change up something yeah right to number one keep it entertaining for myself but also constantly challenge my body and my current training split is basically one day a week i'll do chest and triceps one day a week, I'll do back and biceps. One day a week, I focus only on shoulders because that's a weak point for my body. And then uh, one day a week, I do legs. Now, in these workouts, I have some flexibility stuff built into it. I have some knees over toes, joint health stuff built into it. And then I have some traditional exercises built into it, right? Um, so that's what I enjoy. One day a week, I swim. So I'll go down to the Cane Bay YMCA. I'll swim there one day a week for about 30 minutes or so. Yeah. And uh, that's just to maintain a certain level of conditioning and cardio and maintain a level of swimming. It's good to mix it up. Because once a year I'll do the uh, Halley Hill uh, swim competition. Swim competition. Yeah. Which is a fundraiser and you're basically swimming a long ass time for that. So I'm trying to maintain a certain level for that. (laughs) No more Speedos, right? No Speedos, right? (laughs) Not like high school. They want me to wear Speedos. (laughs) And uh, two days a week, I generally rest, right? I will run maybe once a week or twice a week right now for the gain phase. When I shift to that fat loss phase, I'll be running more, doing more cardio. Yeah. Um, But two days a week, I rest. Super important. For me, on my four lifting days and my swimming day, I'm waking up super early. I'm waking up. My alarm goes off at 3.30. In general, I get six and a half to seven hours of sleep on those days so on these two rest days i make sure that i increase my sleep to get a full eight hours of sleep yeah and then uh you know i'm still pretty active on those rest days so i'm like walking around i'm doing yard work i'm moving stuff like i don't like being stagnant so i'm still doing stuff so i'm kind of active and i may add in some type of cardio on those days sometimes not all the time right yeah. Um, so that's kind of my routine throughout the week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 
you got what do you kind of do what's your optimal i normally get like seven hours of sleep yeah uh i'm a night owl naturally though so it's taken me a while to get to a good sleep schedule but whenever i do break sometimes like i'll like break the sleep schedule yeah and then I'll have to do something to get back into it. Otherwise, yeah. so like when I break the sleep schedule, because I because you're like, doing stuff, you're like up yeah, I'm just staying up late or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I play games or I'll just like I'm just like a night owl. I'm just like awake. Yeah. If I just like literally lay in my bed yeah. at like 10 p.m., yeah. I will stay awake in my bed until like 2 a.m. <laughs> without anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I just have to whatever. Uh, but I normally go to bed now at like 1130 mm-hmm. and then get up at like seven. Yeah. And then that's like six and a half to seven hours. That's like seven to seven and a half hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you fall asleep right at 1130. Exactly. Which normally I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you do what you got. You do what works for you. Yeah. You know I mean, find, find what works for you. Honestly, for me, I prefer like to stay up at nighttime and just do stuff or hang out. Yeah. But I have to go to sleep at my time. Because I know the next, the only time I have to do these workouts and stuff is in the morning time. I don't have time yeah, throughout yeah. the day. Yeah. If Maybe that'll change later, but that's how I am right now. Yeah. If your you schedule know? doesn't allow for it and you want to work out, then right. you got to do what you got to do. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So I'm able to work out at like random times. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't have kids or yeah. whatever. And I don't, I'm not the head of a business. Yeah. You know, I'm only one part of the piece of the puzzle. Yeah. So, you know. Well, the thing about sleep too is back in the day, I was getting very little sleep. And now, you know, it should be common knowledge that sleep is super important. It's when your body's healing itself, when your brain's healing itself. So getting enough sleep is, should be a priority for me. Six and a half to seven hours is good, right? Those, those rest days where I make sure I get eight hours feeling great. You know, I used to get like five hours of sleep, Yeah, but like literally your, it affects your mood the next day more than anything. Yeah. You know, so like from a mood perspective and overall general well-being feeling. Yeah. Even if you're not working out. Yeah. Like just sleep more. Yeah. If you're like grumpy all the time or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Also, that plays into the recovery piece. Yeah. So making sure your body has time to recover. If you're working out six days a week and you're hammering it every single time, your body probably doesn't have enough time to recover, which you can go on YouTube and watch Dr. Mike. He'll talk about recovery all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, sleep, super important for recovery, making sure your body is hydrated, important for recovery, having enough water in your system, you know. And then uh, one big thing for me, drinking water first thing when you wake up, you're kind of groggy. Drinking water kind of gives your body what we call an inner bath, meaning it kind of flushes your system. This keeps everything going. So water when you first wake up, super important before you get your coffee, right? Yeah. And, uh this was actually on the Huberman Lab podcast, which he's a super sciencey guy. But if you wait 90 minutes after you wake up before you have coffee, it's better for your body overall because basically the caffeine binds these receptors in your body. And uh, if you wake up within 90 minutes, these receptors don't have time to like fully, I don't know if it's closed or whatever, yeah. before you insert the caffeine. Right. But if you wait 90 minutes... These receptors have gone to their normal state, so now you add the caffeine into your system. You know, it's not a factor. Yeah. And so, like, what this does is help prevent the uh, afternoon slump, where in the afternoon you kind of feel tired. Yeah, yeah. Because basically what's happening is these receptors haven't binded or whatever. You add the caffeine before 90 minutes of waking up. So the caffeine kind of holds them in position 
once the caffeine wears off, they go back to trying to bind. Yeah. And so that's what makes you kind of tired in the afternoon. So yeah. I have gotten to the point where I don't have any caffeine until uh, after 90 minutes of waking up. And my caffeine in the morning is my pre-workout. Hmm. So interesting. Um, I kind of drink that as I'm starting my workout because that's at the 90-minute 90, 90 mark. Yeah. Um, so I think caffeine just blocks out your tired. Yeah. It just does. I just think it blocks it because of what I'm talking. I don't know all the details. You have to listen to this broadcast, but basically wait 90 minutes where you start drinking it. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Try that for a while. See if it helps. Um, but yeah, rest and recovery, super important. Making sure your body has enough water, enough salt, optimal nutrients. Like we talked about that can go a long way. You know, um, it can also help your longevity too. Right. Yeah. Long term. Um, but I'm liking my current setup, you know, when I'm lifting heavier and, uh, working on my strength in general, I'll do like three to eight reps of an exercise each set. So if I'm doing like incline bench press, you know, which is one of my chest movements that I like to do, I'll do three to eight reps of that. And usually it'll be like, you know, three or five reps. So I'll do like maybe four sets five reps the first one five reps the second one three three so i'm again focusing on that strength yeah. right um you know so usually when i'm doing lower reps i'll do more sets more rest in between what works for me is because if you've ever been to a commercial gym if you're like me you don't like standing around so i would do my set you know five reps of bench press or incline bench you're kind of hanging out for a second. You're like, oh, I got I to gotta get back on it, right? Yeah. So you get right back on it. You're not really giving your body enough rest. So what I've done is I've walked over to a treadmill in the gym, start that puppy up. I'll walk it for like two minutes because it tells you what the time is. <laughs> yeah. I'll make sure I'm walking for two minutes. Once I hit that two minutes, I walk back over to the incline bench and I do my no next No one took set. your bench? No one took my – they know not to mess with me. Not just kidding. Right, yeah. Now, if they want to work in, that's fine, you yeah. know. But uh, in general, that's what I do because that keeps my rest on track. If I don't do that or if I don't keep track of the time in between, then I'm like, oh, I got I to gotta do it, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the big, strong guys in the gym, if you watch them, they'll just sit there for like yeah. two five minutes. minutes. Yeah, it five seems like minutes. Five minutes, yeah. And that's what they're doing. They're kind of yeah, tracking they're their rest properly yeah. so they can – put as much work and effort into the next set as possible yeah, right yeah which is actually a good thing versus the people that are on the phone they lose track of time i'm not a fan of having your phone in the gym so i just put it away yeah. don't look at it until i'm done yeah. right yeah. uh when i'm working on generally hyper hypertrophy with hypertrophy 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 however you say hypertrophy. It. you know so you got strength and you got hypertrophy which is basically trying to increase that muscle size yeah right i'll do like 20 10 to 10 to 20 reps per set less sets i might do 10 two sets of 10 two sets of 20 yeah trying to get more blood into that muscle to grow that muscle yeah that's kind of how i rotate my some of the variables that i talked about and then uh, when i first go to the gym to do a workout i always do a warm out warm up now not everybody needs a warm up like i do Again, I'm I'm waking up super early. I'm trying to get my gears going, my blood moving. Yeah. So what I do is I do five to ten minutes of backward walking. And the reason why I do that is because a knees over toes guy. Walking backwards, good for your knees. It pumps blood to your knees. And you can feel it. Right. So I'll do that. 
it's kind of my initial warm-up and then i'll do a, a secondary warm-up which is a hybrid of some of juji mufu's flexibility stuff and knees over toes exercises to get the body blood moving for that specific day like if it's a shoulder day there's certain things i do to get my shoulders mobile and ready to work right, right? If it's a leg day, there's certain things I do for my legs. And then I start my actual workout. By that time, I'm ready to let it rip, ready to go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, like I said earlier, I used to do like six days a week, seven days a week. A lot of people are doing that because they're trying to crunch everything into a week. And I feel like most people are just doing too much. So I would say, you know, if you're if you're trying to change up some variables or maybe you're getting into the health and fitness game, do a little bit less. Focus on that what you're doing. Be more intense with your workouts. Observe your changes. Adjust and move forward. Feel how your body is taking to it. Make sure you're giving your body enough rest. Don't try to crush six days a week, overwork your body and get an injury. You know what I'm saying? It's also okay to take a break every once in a while. You know, every six months or so I take a week off or I'll, I'll take a week off of weightlifting and just swim or something like that. I recently took a whole week off. I was at Disney World. Whoa. I didn't work out at all. Yeah. Except I did do some flexibility training in the mornings, some mobility. Well, so you're walking. And I was walking like a hours. lot. <laughs> I'd walk my dogs before I went to Disney World. Then I go to Disney World, walk around all day. But it's okay to take a break. Give your body a change of pace, right? You can also do what some of the guys out there, like uh, Dr. Mike, are teaching about deloading, changing up your, your workout for a week to give your body a chance to get more recovery in. So recovery is more and more so becoming super, super important in the public eye. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And your body's always adapting to the demands that you're putting on it. So be sure to change it up and challenge it. Like I said, every four to eight weeks, I'm changing something. I'm changing one variable, right? If I feel like my body has gotten too used to it, I'm changing it up. Yeah. So I'm listening to your to my body. You need to listen to your body. Some days you wake up and your body feels like shit. Yeah. And you can tell it's not a good thing. So you need more rest. So maybe you take that day off. No big deal. Right. I do that too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know. Now, you know. Of course, I've said you know get up and and don't listen to your body. Right. Get up and just go do it. And like you just, have to yeah. balance it out. You have to know when your body's telling you that you legit need extra rest and you have to know when your body is just trying to play you. Yeah, just be yeah. smart about it. Yeah. Be smart about it. Yeah. You know, um, and give your body the rest it needs or tell your body to shut the hell up and let's go. If it's trying <laughs> to tell you to lay back in that bed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That bed does sound good though. That is good sometimes. <laughs> so anyway, that's kind of the, uh, health and fitness considerations I wanted to discuss. Anything you wanted to add? No. I mean, that's, yeah. I'm probably more casual about it than, than you are. Yeah. But I'm kind of intense about it. I love this stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm into it all the time. I'm working out and, uh, you know, I just love being active. Yeah. I also like seeing my body change. I like challenging my body. I like performing, you know, so, uh, that's what I'm into. I mean, I just do it to feel good. Yeah. I mean, it's good to get a pump on from lifting weights. You feel good. You feel juiced up. You feel healthy, you know? <clears throat> So yeah. it's just good for overall health benefits, yeah. you know, to just stay in there, stay active for sure. Yeah. But also, like I talked about at the beginning, make sure you can perform 
for your life activities. Pick up your kid. Perform your job well. Pick up uh, something in your yard. Pick your dog up. Pick your dog up. <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. So make sure you can do those things. If you can't do those things, you need to get there. There's a video that was viral for a while. You know, the old guy. It's like Christmas time or it's like summertime, I think. He's thinking about Christmas. He's doing like a kettlebell. You know what I'm talking about? Super so. old guy. Picking up a kettlebell every day, holding it up. I don't think so. Picking up a kettlebell every day, holding it up. Right. And at the end of the video, and everyone's like, why are you doing that? You're too old, whatever. <laughs> at the end of the video, he was training so that he could pick up his granddaughter, hold her up at the tree so she could put the uh, oh, yeah. star at the top of the Christmas tree. Yeah. So that dude, good example, <laughs> you know, build up to where you can perform in your daily life. Yeah. Life events, life tasks. You know what I'm saying? He knew what he wanted. Right. As much as possible. And also think long term. You're going to not, it's going to be more difficult to maintain muscle mass long term as you as you get older. Yeah. So set yourself up now to be prepared for that later. Yeah, right? for sure. So create good habits, have a good time. Absolutely. Going back to supplements, you know how I said I got off of most supplements, went to Whole Foods for most of my uh, nutrients. Mm-hmm. Um, that really helped out my GI. One thing I was finding was that in a lot of the supplements was artificial sweeteners, specifically sucralose that met, that messes with me. And that's in a lot of like drinks and stuff. So now I don't drink any sucralose. I don't take any supplements with it in there because yeah. it messes me up. Some people it might not mess up. Um, but I do take some supplements. So what I normally take is a pre-workout. I use Transparent Labs pre-workout. There's no sucralose in it, right? Um, it's not like a fake pre-workout. If you have a pre-workout with like a tiny scoop and it makes you jitter and go crazy, probably not a good one, <laughs> right? You want a nice, smooth, where it should, you can feel it, you know what I'm saying? So but it not, makes your heart go... Right, it's not good, not good. And if it makes you just like have explosive poops, not good. Feels like you're about to have a heart attack, not good. Yeah. Transparent Labs pre-workout been really good for me really enjoy that that's what i use um some days i skip it because i don't need it right some i don't like rely upon this stuff i use it if i need to you know and then uh to help me reach my protein goal for the day i do take a protein supplement i use jocko mulk and you know i like the jocko supplements and i'm an affiliate with them but the reason and i've experimented with so many protein powders to figure out which ones i felt like were the best and Jocko Mulk was one of those that I was testing out. One thing I like about Mulk, doesn't have sucralose in it, no artificial sweetener. It's sweetened with monk fruit. So that was a big thing. And then I, as, I was, as I was coming down to a couple different ones I was trying out to feel which ones I felt most optimal on, I ended up with Mulk. That's kind of how I got onto the Jocko supplements that started with Mulk. Yeah. Um, but anyway, for me, a great protein source. It's got forty. It's got twenty-two grams of protein in a scoop, um, so that's what I use if I need to help reach my protein goal for the day. Not every day. Yeah. Sometimes I get all my protein in my food, but if I need some help getting there that day, I'll use the milk for that. I do drink uh, Jocko Greens usually every day because that's some micronutrients. To be honest, I'm not a huge vegetable guy. It's not because vegetables or bullshit or anything like that it's because i just don't enjoy eating them yeah so i will eat some but the jocko greens you know helps support some extra micronutrients 
that are in vegetables that I'll get. Yeah. Most of my micronutrients come from fruit. I do eat a good good amount of fruit every day. And then I do have these, Jocko Go, Ooh, which yeah. is the uh, Jocko Energy Increased Focus Memory Support, etc. 95 milligrams of caffeine versus you go get a regular energy drink. It's going to have three to 400 milligrams of caffeine, <laughs> which your max should be 400 milligrams a day. That should be the max for anybody. And people are chugging two to three of those things a day, you know. Uh, I love a good monster, but, uh, yeah, just so the, in moderation. The Jocko Go has uh, vitamins, electrolytes in it, etc. It's also got some nootropics, which will help w- awaken your brain without using caffeine. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So that's another reason why I like it. Um, but the other thing I like these things for is uh, no sucralose, sweetened with monk fruit. You know what right. I'm saying? So, again, everything I've done... Over time, I'm experimenting with things, see what helps my body be the most optimal. This is what I found. This is what I support. The other reason why I support Jocko Supplements, Jocko Fuel, because it's made in America, sourced in America. It's big to me. Very important to me at this phase in my life, especially being a business owner. You know what I'm saying? I want to support America and American products and local products as much as possible. So that's kind of where I'm at right now with my supplements. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm feeling sick, you know, uh, or head congestion, I will add some garlic. I'll have some garlic because garlic is, you know, supposed to have some microbiome or antibacterial uh, properties to it. So I'll add some of that to my routine. Just make sure I add garlic bread to the list anytime <laughs> I'm feeling sick. I'll put some garlic bread in the oven. There you go. <laughs> so, you know, play around with some stuff, Yeah. you know, uh, have a good time. Again, I'm trying to not use... A lot of supplements, but, you know, I'll use what I need to to help reach some of my nutrition goals um, as as time goes on. But I just kind of told you guys what I'm using yeah. right now and uh, helping me out. You know what I'm saying? At yeah. least I feel like it. And there yeah. have been things I've used before, and then I was like, you know, let me try to get off of this because it does cost money to use more supplements. Yeah. Let me try and reduce the amount of money I'm spending on this stuff, and I've gotten off of it. If I can't really tell a difference, I'll be like, okay, I guess I didn't need that. Yeah. You know? So, uh, you know, one of those things was Jocko, uh, super krill oil. I was taking that every day and then I was like, you know what? I don't even know if I need this. So I stopped taking it and I was like, oh, I don't need this. I feel yeah. fine. You know? So, <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, that's how it is. Sometimes. Good to go. Yeah. That, and I've taken everything in the past, the mass gainers, the protein powders, the crazy pre-workouts, the yeah. everything. I've tried it all. You know what I'm saying? And this is, this is where I'm at right now, and I feel the best I've ever felt from a nutrition and optimal standpoint. And I really wish back when I was 15 I would have known some of this stuff because I think it would have made a big difference overall. But good to go. Hopefully yep. this will help someone. Journey is the best part. Journey is the best part. Yeah. Yeah. We've got more to do, more to learn. Oh, yeah. So who knows what the future holds. Um, anyway, you got any thoughts on fitness, health, your journey? anybody out there uh yeah i mean just find what works for you i think chad said it before i just said you don't have to go six times a week when i was in college i I went like five to six times a week because i didn't have anything else to do yeah but uh probably was overworking myself you know and i was staying up super late too so i was probably not even really getting the size i could have got but I mean, if you're in college and you got nothing else to do, you can go six times a week. Just go ham, yeah. But I mean, but, why not? but but change it up. Don't yeah. do six days of just crazy weightlifting. <laughs> yeah. Do like a day of like cardio or yeah, stretching. Mix it up a little bit. Yeah, you know? whatever. 
But, uh, yeah, sleep is way more important than I feel like a lot of people take it, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, And uh, that's from me staying up until 2, 3 a.m. and getting up at 7 or 6, you know, to go to class or whatever, you know. And, uh, yeah, I don't really take pre-workout or anything because it messes my heart up, makes Mm -hmm. my heart go crazy. Mm -hmm. So I just don't take pre-workout when I go to the gym. I just show up and just start lifting weights. I'll do warm-up stuff to wake me up. Uh, but I mean, yeah, just find what works for you. Basically, yeah, you figure out what makes you feel good, yeah, what makes you feel the best and healthy, and just stick with that. I mean, you don't have to follow every fitness professional's game plan, yeah. Especially now, that there's like a million people on Instagram and TikTok and all that that have their own opinions. Just like figure out what works for you, you know. I think that's an issue. Is there's so much information in today's world, it's hard to know. Yeah. what to do so that's why one of the reasons why i don't want to have this discussion yeah. but find a guy or two or a lady or two that you like to hear what they say like lane norton and dr mike and kind of stick with their stuff for a while and then rotate if you need to or whatever yeah um but yeah back to what you said you don't use pre-workout you know honestly if i didn't work out as early as i do i probably would be off of it yeah but it kind of helps me once I get warmed up, you know, it kind of helps me get into a more awakened state to yeah. have a better workout, you know? Yeah, I'm a little bit of psycho. Yeah. Because I don't do that. Sometimes I don't even listen to music mm-hmm. when I lift, when I work out, and that's yeah. like psychotic. But yeah. uh, when I work out by myself, I do, but I normally work out with a friend. Yeah. And so I just like, I'm like, people are going to be talking to me, so yeah. no point in listening to music. But Yeah, even if I don't listen to music, I'll still put my earphones in yeah. just so people don't bother me. Yeah. Because people will just randomly talk. If to I'm me. working out solo all day, all yeah. day. But yeah. Uh, having a workout buddy's good because that will help you push to a new limit. Accountability too. Yeah. yeah. When I was working out with uh, old Greg, yeah i was super strong because i could get extra reps in because he's there to spot like you spot me and push yeah. me yeah right so having a workout buddy can be a huge benefit if you have that luxury but you got to find someone you drive well with and that you work yeah. well with you know you don't want someone that's going to bring you down or distract you more yeah definitely distract because then your gym sessions get long and yeah. you, you know got to keep your time on right. on track and time on target if you don't really know what you're doing or you feel like you're you're plateaued yeah. if you've been working out for a while I hired uh, a coach for the first time like a year or two ago just to see mm-hmm. what would happen yeah. with his like, you know, it was like some professional powerlifting coach guy. I found him on Instagram Yeah, and he did like online coaching and I did his program for like two or three, two or three months Yeah, and uh, maybe four months, but like he was so expensive though. Mm that i couldn't afford it yeah but like i just kind of knew what he was doing Mm -hmm. he was doing some insane shit like it was just like a lot of work obviously it's for power lifting yeah so like that's what he knows so i mean find someone that works for you but like i've tried another person they were more on like the uh the sports side of it like fitness athletics that type of shit so like i just stopped that after like a month yeah i didn't really like their workouts that well but i mean experiment try shit out like just figure out what works for you yeah couple people that have been on the podcast that you can also reach out to that are experts in this field are, you know, Mark McGirt, McGirt Strength, uh, yeah. down in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. He's got, you can contact him online too. Yeah. And then you got, uh, Heather Black, you know, you can contact her online. I think you can meet with her in person. And then you got Heather Foss who runs and owns the, uh, well, she owns several businesses, but Titus Strength and Fitness in Somerville and Clean Eats in uh, Mount Pleasant and North Charleston. Yeah. Which we're having some of them. Clean Eats is catering one of our upcoming 
uh, team events. Yeah. Um, with some of their food. And then like, I'm pretty sure that Teddy, the one leg savage is doing some small time coaching right now. So you can reach out to some of these guys. You can go back, listen to their podcasts, Yeah, but really good resources out there. Again, support America, support locally if you can. So find someone close to you, you know, if you're looking for some coaching or someone that, uh, can help you reach your goals, you know what I'm saying? But maybe this discussion helps you think about some things to, you know, get to where you need to go, you know? Uh, I do want to quickly mention this podcast, Pack Doc Podcast, is sponsored by Canine Revolution Dog Training. So if you need dog training or you need dog training advice, or if you're a dog trainer and you need some consultation about running your business, you know, you can reach out to us. If you need consultation for your dog training business, I can get on the phone with you and discuss that with you. Um, you can reach out to us on our social medias, on our website, Canine Revolution Dog Training, on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, I'm more than happy to help. Um, also, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to the links in the description below. Go to Canine Revolution Apparel on Amazon. Oh yeah, grab you a good to go shirt. Oh yeah, grab the you hoodies. a good to go hoodie. The hoodies are insane. Grab you a good to go beanie. Oh yeah, right, and uh, you'll be good to go. You'll be supporting the podcast. Yeah. Last but not least, Origin USA. We've talked about it before. OriginMaine.com, right? This is where you can get products made in America by Americans, sourced in America, right? Jocko Fuel is also linked on this website for your Jocko Fuel supplements or your Jocko Go drinks, right? You can get the Delta 68 jeans. You can get boots. You can get hoodies. You can get underwear. Whoa. Yeah. Hey. Underwear. All right. Right? So OriginMaine.com. Support America by using Origin USA. You can use promo code SINGER101 for 10% off. All right. They got really good stuff on there. And uh, hope you guys take some stuff away from this episode. We got a lot of good episodes planned out starting off on the new year coming up. We've got uh, a lot of dog training discussions upcoming, right? So this the kind of tail end of this year, we've done a lot of non-dog related discussions the beginning of 2023 we've got a lot of dog information we're getting back into right yeah so reach out to us let us know if you have questions let us know if there's stuff that you want to uh, have us cover we appreciate all your support please if you're on a podcast platform rate us and review us on the platform give us five stars that really helps us and helps the algorithm all right Um, but again we appreciate you the listener and until next time